When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alrighty. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Alex. Hey. Uh, welcome in to a morning, another morning live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. Uh, I am Mike Cadlick, as I mentioned, joined by Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. We just spoke to head coach Bill Belichick after month, after Thursday night's 24-10 loss to the Bills. Uh, he's not happy, and frankly, neither am I. Uh, and frankly, I'm not happy with him, Alex, and... I asked him about it last night and sort of what's the problem with the offense, and we can get right into that. Uh, but personally, I just think, and I know, I guess it's, you know, we've mentioned it before, it's my first sort of season here on the beat, but I just think Bill Belichick needs to take more accountability for what the heck's going on. And I understand it's the middle of the season, and I understand you're not going to go in there, you know, at the beginning of December and make sweeping changes. But right now, they just have nothing going on offense. They put in just 10 points. Their most productive play is from a special teamer. Uh, It's just a disaster. And let's just start with the offense. They scored 10 points and had absolutely nothing going. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think that's a game. I said this a couple times. That's a game, you know, they lost in April with a, a number of the moves they made, both in terms of the roster personnel and the coaching personnel. Um, they didn't have the horses to compete last night. And the the biggest thing, I mean, you have to look at the play calling. You have to when the quarterback is on the sideline cussing out the the, the decisions of the play caller. You right. can't really start anywhere else, especially right. given the, the 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 way this look. Brady, Tom Brady, and Josh McDaniels used to get in their spats. Right? They they, they would bark back and forth, but it wasn't. They it was productive. Right. It's not usually a productive way of solving things. You don't want to. Well, it was. Like, pro- it was productive, and it was also after they had each won a Super Bowl in the NFL. So let's start there. Yeah, I, They had had success in doing so, but continue. But I'm saying, like, they would kind of go back and forth, and they'd figure it out. They're both fiery personalities. They'd figure it out. That's not what this was to me. This was a guy in Mac Jones who's at the end of his rope with what's going on because it's been the same thing week after week after week with them. And I, 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 and by the way, it's not just Mac Jones. I, I wrote about this on 985thesportsup.com. It's up right now. Kendrick Bourne was some very pointed comments. And I, I would be surprised if we see Kendrick Bourne again this year, given what he said, you really don't hear Patriots players talk like that. Um, Nelson Aguilar, there were some comments. No. Controlled, I guess, would be the term in what he said, but uh, kind of along the same the same path, the same line of thinking. And I think he was incorrect in, in what he said. And I, I think I can't tell if I'm freezing in and out here. My internet's being a little weird. Well, I try to pull this up uh, a little bit, but you're uh, you're uh, we got you back now. I think. Um, okay. But yeah, you're pulling up so, quotes, so right? here, But yeah, just go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So here's here's the quotes uh, from Kendrick Bourne. We need to well. So first off, from Mac, we all we've all seen the clip. Throw the effing ball. Effing short game sucks. Like that's what he said. And he 
clarified after the game. He just felt they were chasing points in that game and they needed to be more aggressive at that point. We don't know exactly yeah. when in the game he said that because they showed that clip after the game. My guess would be early in the second half. It's just a just a guess. Kendrick Bourne after the game. We need to scheme up better. We need to know what they're doing. We need to know what they, talking about the defense, want to do on third down. They call this, we call that, and it falls right into what they want. That's a game plan thing, right? That's yep. it's a game more and more from Bourne here. They had what 30 first downs. We had eight. It's something they were doing against us was working and something we were doing against them was not working. Bourne continued. We've got to get the ball downfield. Mac needs more time. He's obviously running around. It's hard to get the ball downfield when you can't really have time to throw. Um, and then the Nelson Aguilar quote. And that he was clarified. I want to add to, to yep. Bourne as well, because he sort of clarified and said, no, no ill will towards the offensive line when talking about the time that Mac has. And I mean, that was also him sort of just backing up his teammates, but it also yeah. seems like, again, it's more of a scheme thing when they're talking about giving Mac more time, not necessarily the detriment of the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, and then finally from Nelson Aguilar, yeah. he was asked about the way the Patriots are kind of putting together their past concepts. That's not for me to worry about. I train my routes, work hard, and do what I'm asked to do. I'm not a coach. I'm just a receiver trying to play hard and make plays that come my way. And that, to me, sounded like something that Mac Jones actually said back in camp. When when these issues first began, I remember there was a, it was like, I don't know, fourth or fifth day of camp, and Mac mm-hmm. was getting peppered uh, with questions about this. And he basically said something similar, something along the lines of, it's the coach's job to call the plays. It's the player's job to execute them, which I kind of written in. I feel the same way about this Nelson Aguilar comment. I kind of read as what do you want me to do? I'm doing what they're telling me to do. Right. What more do you want me to do? Right. They can't go out there and run different plays. It doesn't work that way. So there's clearly frustration and I get it. And you see it, the, you know, to go back to Max comments, right. Whether we don't know if he was saying short game or run game or whatever, it sounded like he was talking about the short game. He's right. Among other things with this offense, they've become one dimensional at times this year. And Ramondre Stevenson's a fantastic player. He's having a great year, but he is their only option right now for explosive plays. It feels like, and teams are keying in on that. And he's not as effective as he was earlier in the year against teams like Detroit and Cleveland. And part of it is they're facing better defenses. Part of it is teams are daring the Patriots to go elsewhere with the football. Right. And their only counter right now seems to be one-off gadget plays. You know, yeah, they throw a touchdown to Marcus Jones last night. That's not sustainable offense. No. They've tried some of these end-arounds. The Patriots wide receivers and tight ends collectively are averaging three yards per carry this year. That's not enough. No. And then, and, and again, I, I I broke this down deeper on 98.5thesportsnode.com. This wasn't the case last year. They weren't perfect last year offensively. Of course not. But in year one of a rebuild with the rookie quarterback, it felt like they were in a good spot. You know, Mac was, Mac showed he belonged in the NFL. You saw guys that they had just brought in, Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, maybe starting to grow into their roles. What's changed? What's changed? Well, let's let's go through it here, Mike, for a second. Yep. Yes, they lost their two starting guards. They did. But they replaced one with a guy who 
realistically is a starting caliber player in Mike Onwenu. Like that's not a downgrade. And they invested a first round pick to fill the other spot. And if you're going to invest a first round pick in a player, the expectation is he's a day one starter and a year one starter. Right. They upgrade. They upgraded at receiver. They used their second pick on a, on a wide receiver, adding speed, something they desperately needed. And they upgraded at the X from Nikhil Harry, Devontae Parker, significant upgrade. Yeah, there's been injuries this year. There were injuries last year. Nelson Aguilar missed a significant amount of time last year. Damian Harris from Andre Stevenson both did. And David Andrews was the only player on the offensive line to start all 17 games. Everybody else missed multiple games. So what's changed? And, and that's the question Bill wouldn't answer last night, but what's changed is the coaching. he can't do it. It's the coaching. He right. won't say and it. There's, you'll say there's been other changes. Oh, they flipped the tackles. That's a coaching decision. They got rid of the fullback. That's a coaching decision. Yeah. Different you know, offensive game plan, which by the way, they're on like their third offensive scheme of the year, third mm-hmm. offensive scheme in like five months, coaching decision. So you can understand why the players are frustrated. Like people talk about, Oh, they, you know, they need a tank and they need a draft and they have so many needs. The, the roster's not like they have talent on offense. I don't know that they're like the bills right on the other side with all those players, but they have players on offense because we saw it last mm-hmm. year. They were, Seventh in the sixth in the league in scoring last year, they're 22nd right now, and they didn't really lose anybody, right? Unless you think Ted Karras and Shaq Mason combined are a touchdown a game or the touchdown a game, they didn't lose anybody, so you have to look at the coaching. I mean, you take injury out of it for a second, right? You 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 don't even have to because what I'm saying is. Right, but I'm, what my point is that you you make the changes on the offensive line, you get rid of Shaq, and you bring in Cole Strange. But you you mentioned it yourself. You move on Wenu in. The offense gets better. You're you have Mac Jones in the second year, which is you know typically usually that sort of leap year where quarterbacks start to get it even further. And then they hand him this on the offensive coaching staff. I, I mean, I tweeted it last night and I wrote about it on CLNS. But I mean. I talked about malpractice from the coaching staff as far as the whole Bailey Zappi saga and the way they treated Mac Jones. They've treated Mac Jones. They've given that guy nothing this season. And, you know, th- sure, there's the there's the Malcolm Butler thing and there's the Brady thing, but I truly believe that this is the worst coaching decision Belichick has ever made is not giving Mac Jones what he needs uh, in his second year. Because you talk about the Brady thing, this was this was his chance to you know redeem himself after that and really you go and you get a guy in the draft and he looks so great in the first year and you lose Josh McDaniels go get somebody else don't just bring in your friend that you know you want to give a job because you drink beers with him on the freaking sideline after the game like it's nonsense it really is and it's too bad for a guy like Mac Jones who has he been great no he has not been perfect but he hasn't even been given the chance to try to, you know, succeed. There's just, there's nothing there. You go back to Ramondre. He played 53 of 54 offensive snaps last night. This is where you bring injury into it. They're using him and they're just saying, try and make something happen. But they're running the ball to him on second and one with 40 seconds left, calling timeouts. It not only is, I mean, it's scheme, it's it's coaching. Going back to scheme too, I'm, I'm kind of pouring out all my thoughts here at once, but yeah. I mean, more on born, he said, no Von Miller, we got to take advantage of that. No Micah Hyde, they're more soft in what they're doing. They're more conservative. We got to take advantage of not just having five yard throws. They don't even scheme it up 
to try to get first downs, Alex. I was talking right. with Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders when we were watching the game. Both third down attempts uh, at one point in the second quarter, Max throwing to guys that aren't even past the sticks. It's like they're not even trying to move the football. They're just, I don't know if it's trying not to lose. I don't know if it's trying to win the time of possession battle, which they brutally failed that last night. It was something like 40 to 20. It's just, there's nothing there. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting for football and basketball this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Always your continued source for sports wagering information. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf games and events. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Yeah, and, and I mean, to, to your last point, you know, not throwing past the sticks, I don't even know if that's a Mac thing because there's not really guys running past the sticks. It feels right. like... That's that's what I'm saying. It's a scheme thing. It's more right. of a scheme. And it, it again, it's really interesting. It, it's tough to tell what exact, what, what coaching points he's getting because, remember, at the beginning of the season, it was gunslinger, right? Right. Bomb, and, and that's not... Last year, Mac was controlled. I don't think he was as conservative as some people think I, the term I would use is more controlled than conservative, right? Yeah. Comes out of the gate this year. He's neither. I mean, he's whipping the ball down the field, uh, the, the, the deepest depth of target in the league through the first three weeks before he got hurt. And he's throwing a ton of interceptions, but that kind of seemed to be the plan was right. we're going to take all these super aggressive shots. And if they're turnovers, so be it, but this is the offense we're going to run. It was like, all right, that's interesting. You know, maybe once he gets used to running this morning game, they'll kind of be explosive. But then he gets hurt, comes back, and and now they, they there's no there's there's no throwing the ball really past the line of scrimmage. Right. I mean the the, the five six yard slant is their deep shot at this point, and yeah, he hasn't turned the ball over in a couple of weeks, which is great. But you're telling me that there's that feels like a coaching thing to me. It felt like the coaching point was push the ball. And it came yep. back from injury and the coaching point became protect the ball at all costs. Right. I think mm-hmm. on some of these third and longs, they're just worried, like you said, about not turning the ball over. And I'm sorry, there needs to be a happy medium there. You don't want to turn the ball over. That's the worst thing a quarterback can do. But if you just eat it every play, well, then you can't move the ball. Like there, there, there's some risk in it. That's just the way it works. Right. Right. So, and I don't know if that's a Matt Patricia thing, a Joe judge thing, a Bill Belichick thing, whatever, but it's it, it looks like Mac has gotten mixed messages this year at times for a second year quarterback, right? If it's Tom Brady, who's been in the league for 20 something years, he can sort through all the BS and figure it out. And he knows what to do. That's not necessarily the case with the second year quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it does feel like he's getting mixed messages right now, which by the way, there's that term mixed messages again, that we talked about a lot late last season when it came to the defense. And we didn't really know what was going on with the coaching staff. So it's, you know, that's one thing you talk about the sequence at the end of the half as well. Just bad situational football. And it's another thing that they've kind of just hunted this year where it's not only in the two minute drills, but it's been happening a lot. The two minute drills, they get that second and one and that's a shot play. Yep. That's a, cause you have third down. That mm-hmm. is a push the ball down the field play, but they get to second and one and they get so fixated on getting that yard that they cost themselves. Uh, 
last week, remember they had that weird quarterback sneak? And then they did when, it again this week on third right, down. Yeah. On second and one, and they didn't pick it up, and then they, they ran the ball right into the line on third down. They didn't get it. This one's a little different, but you get to the second and one, you run it, which, like, I, I guess, fine, get the first down and keep moving. I, I don't love that strategy. but I don't either. But the, you need to know what you're doing next. Right. They ran that play with 50 seconds on the clock in two timeouts. 50 seconds on the clock in two timeouts. 14 seconds passed before they call a timeout. They didn't know what to do when they didn't pick it up. Because, yep. again, they're so fixated on we're going to get the first down here. They call a timeout. Then they have to run the sneak. Then they have to call another timeout. So now I have the numbers in my column. I'm trying to pull them up here. I believe it's on those two plays, you've burned 18 seconds, two timeouts, your final two timeouts, and you've only picked up two yards with now under half a minute to go. And they, at that point, you're severely limited. They're throwing it short to the boundary. Just pick up a couple yards. Nick Folk misses a 48-yard field goal. They should have had a touchdown there. They had a short field off the strip sack, which we can talk about later, but Josh Uche had a great game last night. Yeah, he did. But that's another that's one ins- where it's just like, it's it's, it's That's an when you need an offensive mind. It's an inexcusable sequence, and it's a it's an avoidable situation. That is the kind like, of thing, Nathaniel Hackett will do that on Sunday, and we'll sit here and laugh about it. And Nathaniel right. Hackett's a first-year coach. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you kind of expect that. Bill, who's obviously been around as long as he has and pre- preaches situational football. And for Matt Patricia, who I know he's new to the offensive side of the ball, but has been a head coach, has dealt with situational football, has been in this league for a long time. That's a rookie mistake. And not from a player point of view, from a coaching point of view. That was right. a rookie mistake. And it cost them four, if not seven points. You know, probably should have cost them four, cost them seven points. It's a bad, you know, that it's just another one where, where you look at it, you think, what exactly is the operation here? Right. That's leading What's the to goal? This? Because what is the goal too? It's, you know, well, it you have to ask yourself the question, is that what they were trying to do? Because it's concerning if it was, it's concerned. Obviously it's concerning if, if that's just kind of the situation they ended up in, but it's almost more concerning if that, if that they did it on purpose and they've done it enough times now that you have to consider that. Right. So that was not a great, not a great uh, it's, sequence, obviously. It's a disaster, man. And then the other thing, too, that, you know, I'm looking at the box score and just sort of jogging my memory as to, you know, what really, what the heck really went down last night. And you're looking, I mean, great. It's it's fun and it's good stuff that they're getting Marcus Jones the ball in space. It's it's a good, it's a good problem to have, right? You have a, a yeah. solid player who can, who's a, a true triple threat, right? You saw the return touchdown against the Jets. You see him, you know, he started on defense, um, and then they get him the ball, and he scores a touchdown. But when Marcus Jones is your leading receiver, that's that's an indictment on where you're at, where you're at as an offense. And you know, I, I why is that not a play you run to Tyquan Thornton, your second round pick, question. who's also a speed guy, right? Like get him the ball in space. Save Marcus Jones for defense. Save him for being a return specialist. And I get it gave you a spark, and I get, you know, it, it works. But, like, why, why is Taquan Thornton not getting the ball in that spot? It's just, it's it's all over the place. And you talk about situational football. You have three guys in Judge, Patricia, and Belichick who have seldom called an offense in their careers. I mean, Belichick's been around, and he's he's been involved in it, and he's sort of the 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 main point or the 
you know, the head of the situational football mentality. But like, if you have a guy like, and I know it's just, I'm, I'm talking to a wall here and not talking about you, but I'm talking about, you know, trying to bring in Bill O'Brien this offseason and trying to bring in an offensive mind. But like, heck, even if you have Nick Cayley calling the offense, at least that's a guy who might understand situational football from an offensive perspective more than a Matt Patricia. So it's just, it's all over the place. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, there, there's other sequences too in that game you go back to, but it, it's, it's not enough. And I don't think the Bills, shocker, I'm saying this, I don't think the Bills played that great last night. They didn't. Right? That's the kind of game we're back in like 2016. It, you know, when the Patriots won games like that, that's the game where, where they're going on the radio and saying, is this really a Super Bowl team? Like you had to pull away late against, the, you know, the, the last place team in the division. So, um, and, and, and look, they, they were banged up. They were banged up, but they, they, of their first five drives, they only had first downs on one of them. And they had three on that drive. It, it, it ended with the Marcus Jones touchdown. But yeah, like you're saying, right? The Marcus Jones wrinkle is cool. I like it. I'm glad they right. did it. It's something I hoped they would do when they drafted him. But it's and it, but then did you see what happened after that hit? They went back to it twice. Yeah. Once they threw him the ball, really without a second look, and I, he picked up like three yards. And then the third time they tried to do it, the Bills just took it away. Yep. Because it's 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 become predictable at this point. You know, I I don't know it's, how many more <laughs> yeah. times. I can watch, and, and this is when I when I said earlier, I think Mac was talking about the short game or the quick game, right? How many more times are we going to watch them fake pump fake screen to the left, turn around screen to the right to Ramondre? How many more times? It's a, it's a fine play. It's a nice right. play in its own right. But when you run it twenty times in a game, <laughs> at this point, the misdirection would be throwing the first screen. They don't even like. They don't right. even do that to make the defense think twice. You see Mac pump left, the entire defense looks right because they know what's coming. Right. So it's just, again, I mean, it's with Marcus Jones in that fact, too. It's like, okay, first play, Marcus Jones' career in the NFL on offense. The defense scrambles. Who's this 25 guy? We haven't seen right. him. We didn't see him on tape. Bang, get him the ball, touchdown. Every other time after that, they're going to see him be like, okay, focus on him. And Yeah, this guy reason, knows what he's doing. For again, some reason, Patricia and they're they're like, oh no, yeah, this is gonna work again. Just get him the rock, and he's gonna make it happen in space. Like, no, the defense is gonna adjust, right? And 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 again, those one-off plays. I mean, they've always been a big part of what the Patriots do offensively. Some of the most sure. famous plays in Patriots history, obviously Edelman throwing to Danny Amendola, the direct snaps to Kevin Falk and James White on the two-point yep. conversions down on the goal line, like those little nichey plays, Brady to Moss to Brady to Gaffney against the Steelers, like. There, there's a room for those in the offense. We could do an hour podcast and, on those. Yeah, oh yeah, and they're <laughs> they're spark plug plays. Like when you need a spark, yep, it's a good play to it, like. It, I don't hate having that concept in your back pocket. Those concepts in your back pocket, there's certainly value in them. Those are some of my favorite plays in football. I don't want to like denounce them, but the problem is, you can't build an offense out of those. Right. The idea is you run those every once in a while to keep the defense on their toes to allow you more room to operate within your offensive system. Those plays on their own are not sustainable. Right. And right now, that's unless they're giving the ball to Ramondre Stevenson, that's really the only offense they have is these gadget plays. And all right, it's good for one a game, 
So let's say, and this is probably, some people probably call this being generous. You get one gadget play touchdown a game, and maybe Ramondre can get you one touchdown a game. You're at 14 points. Right. <laughs> Where's the rest of it coming from? Like, all right, you've shown, like, it. they do that, and it feels like they've shown their entire hand. You right. know, you get to, and that's the thing, they ran that play so early in the game. There's a reason why they did that, because they knew they were going to need it. Yep. It's the end of the first quarter. They've, they've shown what they have to show at that point. And right. Let's try and play it, from again, ahead as soon as possible. And right. It's over and it goes back to what we talked about off the top. You can see the players are frustrated with it. You can see the offensive players are frustrated with how you can call it one dimensional. You can call it predictable, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they're, they're frustrated with, with, with the, with the offense philosophy right now. Yep. Speaking of the offensive coaching and there's going to be, there's going to have to be a reshuffle this offseason, you would think, because you'd hope you'd hope you would think um, you'd pray on it uh, because it's just it's it's all over the place. And whether they move Patricia upstairs or whether they move him back to the defensive side of the ball, whether they put Joe Judge back on special teams, whatever they do with these guys, there's going to be an opening, you would think, at offensive coaching staff. And I pray to God that the Patriots <laughs> use LinkedIn.com slash beat to post that offensive coordinator job. Uh, because these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team, faster and for free. We use LinkedIn Jobs here at CLNS Media, and we can't recommend it enough. It's super easy to post your job. Then add your listing in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. As we inch closer to December, we are now in December, Alex, actually. Yeah. Uh, so it's the perfect time, right? Add a, add a new team member and end the year strong. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash beat. That's linkedin.com slash beat to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Again, let's hope that the Patriots post that offense coordinator using LinkedIn.com slash beat. Um, there was a rumor this week sort of wrapping up the offense. Just And I know we'll do this more so in the offseason because we're trying to break down this game. But Bill O'Brien's looking to maybe come back to the NFL. Does he come back here? You want him here? Is it? I mean, again, the, the, the idea, I think, and I'll let you answer in a second. The idea yeah. or the thought process was that at least rumors – that he didn't want to take a short-term job because he ended up wanting to be a coach, a head coach somewhere else. And the Patriots didn't want to bring him in short-term because they thought that he could, you know, he could leave. But, I mean, they, they need it. Yeah, and, and I mean, he's somebody who's familiar with what Mac Jones does well and bringing some of those Alabama concepts. And Mac Jones taught him the Alabama playbook when he was hired right. at Alabama. Never coached him directly, but they overlapped after Mac Jones senior year, when, when he was brought in to replace Steve Sarkeesian back as he was preparing for the draft, helped out Bill O'Brien. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd be all for it. I, you know, I kind of said a, a few times on the show and on other shows, I didn't think it was realistic. I thought that he was due for a college head coaching job, but right. I guess, you know, teams, you, you kind of, Alabama's not going to make the playoff. And anytime that happens, people take a close look and, I don't think, you know, necessarily colleges maybe were as thrilled with the Alabama performance this year as what it should have been. I think it would be hard to argue they didn't uh, underachieve. But 
you know, you're seeing these blue blood programs, the, the, the jobs are coming off the board, whether it be Nebraska, whether it be Wisconsin, whether it be Auburn. Yep. I don't, there's not many power five jobs left, if any. And I mean, we'll see what happens at Texas A&M, but he probably needs another reset. And right. It's funny how that works, like you said, at Bama, because, you know, you have Bryce Young, who's probably going to be the number one pick in the draft, and you have Alabama, yeah. who's, they lose two games, and they're, I don't know how many points they score, but, I mean, the fact that that's just like, oh, we need a reset, it's it's crazy. That, they're talking you know, about that the team standard. the same, they're talking about that team the same way we're talking about the Patriots this Exactly. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, you know, I'd love to see him back. I, I don't know that he's the only option, like, I, I, I wouldn't right. say... We don't have the full picture of who's available yet, right? So I'm not going to sit here and say if they don't get Bill O'Brien, it's a failure. There might be other people who are definitely qualified. I've talked about this with Josh McDaniels. A lot of people were kind of framing the McDaniels thing when it looked like he might get fired as it's either McDaniels or another year of Matt Patricia. It's not. You know, they can go in any different number of directions. Bill O'Brien will be high on my list. Again, I we don't know who's fully available, so right. I reserve the right to change my mind basically is what I'm kind of giving myself the room here to say, but sure. Yes. In terms of realistic candidates to be the offensive coordinator. And I think Bill O'Brien is starting to move more towards that realistic candidate kind of column. Uh, he would be high on my list. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I think that again, there's a lot of people who'd be high on my list just Outside of Matt Patricia. I mean, it's it's just it's unfathomable the, the way that this whole thing broke. Look, down, they, they tried something and it didn't work. They right. tried it and I wouldn't have tried it. I I, I no. would not have tried it. Um and it by the way, it goes deeper than Matt Patricia. When it, of course Josh but, left last year. I, I, Mike, you listened to the show at the time, you might remember me saying this. And it was clear they weren't getting Bill O'Brien. Right. My whole thing was at this point, I don't care if it's Matt Patricia, if it's Joe Judge, whoever calling the plays, because it's all going to look about the same. Matt, uh, uh, Josh McDaniels took a guy named uh, Bo Hardigree with him yep. to the Raiders as the quarterback's coach. McDaniels was technically the quarterback's coach last year, and, and Hardigree was the assistant, but Mac had that dedicated coach, a guy who had coached quarterbacks before, had been around it, who was with him basically the whole time. Like whenever he was in the building, when Josh McDaniels was doing other offensive coordinator stuff, Bo Hardigree was there and Mac spoke highly of Bo. That to me, not replacing him truly. And, and Joe judge replaced him, but Joe judge right. is the quarterback's coach. Right. Right. We talked about guys like Zach Robinson, um, you know, other former quarterbacks who are now in coaching. This was when Dan Orlovsky's name started getting floated. Right. That to me was as bad as not truly replacing Josh McDaniels or replacing with Matt Patricia was not getting your second year quarterback, a dedicated quarterbacks coach. The fact that Matt Patricia was the offensive coordinator honestly makes that decision look even worse. So they can hire Bill O'Brien. That's absolutely a step in the right direction. I, I would applaud that hire. Right. But Joe Judge can't be back coaching quarterbacks under Bill O'Brien, right? You need a right. real quarterbacks coach, too. Or if if Bill O'Brien's the quarterbacks coach and assistant quarterbacks coach, well, Bill O'Brien's doing offensive coordinator stuff. Like that, it, it it's not just, and I don't mean to say this to like excuse Matt Patricia or anything like that, but it's, you can't just one in, one out, Bill O'Brien, Matt Patricia, and everything's fixed. It's of not, there, there's more there. That's a big, it's a big step. It's the biggest step. 
but it can't be the only step. Well, that's we'll get into the defense here in a second. Uh, kind of put a yeah. bow on this disaster of a game. Well, but, I know. I want to talk about the I want to make one more point on the offense. Yeah, if you sure. want to talk about the coaching first, and then one well, other just, point. Yeah, just the my last point of the coaching has been. You know, I keep using the term malpractice, right? And it's it's a yeah. broken record, but it's not. I, I've given Patricia a lot of a lot of crap, and deservedly so. But just like you mentioned, there, it's not. When I try and preface it, I, I say coaching from the top down. It's not just a like you said. It's not just a Matt Patricia thing, but Mac has nobody in that building to turn to with experience on offensive football. the The biggest one is Belichick, and he's known as a defensive guy. Right. He's known as a head coach, a CEO, someone who is, you know, schematically a defensive coach. And so there's nothing there. And like you mentioned, you had Hardigree, you had uh, Mick Lombardi here last year, who was another guy who's a a smart, someone, someone with a brain in their skull that's been around offense for a long time. And Mac has no one like that to turn to. I mean, it's Brian Hoyer, really. It's Brian Hoyer. And it's. And Brian Hoyer, talk about a brain in your skull. Brian Hoyer's concussed, so like, (laughs) I don't know if he still is, but I mean, it's it's there's no one there, and it's it's too bad they they they've given Mac nothing. Yeah, go ahead. And then so the one other point I'd make, and this all ties into it about not. I won't even phrase it as giving Mac nothing because then the Mac apologists come out and tell me I'm just defending him, shortchanging the offense regardless of who the quarterback is. No quarterback is going to succeed behind this offensive line right, right now. Right. They're not. And some of that is, you know, again, I still don't understand why they switched Isaiah Wynn and Trent Brown. I don't, it hasn't worked, mm-hmm. but back in the summer when we're all yelling about, you know, Mac this and the weapons that, and I was sitting here on our quaint little show, which is supposed to be detail oriented. I did this on other shows too. Said we need to talk about the offensive line depth which might be the least sexy topic in football, especially yep. in the summer. You say offensive line depth, people roll their eyes. No, we need to talk about Mac. No, we need to talk about the weapons. No, we need to talk about Matt <laughs> Patricia. Well, they don't have enough. They didn't then, and they certainly don't now. And this is a team, by the way, you know, you had Connor McDermott, who you signed off the Jets practice squad starting at right tackle. They're an injury away from potentially having to start James Ferentz at tackle position. You know, he didn't play in college. That was maybe, crazy. Maybe he they... played it in high school. This is a team that traded a pretty good, you know, depth tackle two weeks into the season in Justin Haran. Right. Let's not forget that. Like yeah. they, they, and I know he's hurt now, but Haran is, but. Well, that's a butterfly he... effect thing. He got hurt. Right. In, exactly. In Las Vegas, exactly. So that, that's right. I mean, He's a guy they could really use right now. I, Justin Haran's not a pro bowler, but in terms of a third tackle, a swing tackle who can come in and give you a game, you know, a serviceable game if you need it. Yeah, absolutely. I think Justin Haran fits that bill. I, I think he's probably like a step above Yanni Kajust and, you know, just because Kajust hasn't played in, in right. two years and he's raw. And I, the, the, they really just going back to the, to the spring mismanaged their assets on the offensive line from the Ted Karras negotiations to trading Shaq Mason. They never had enough. And we were talking about trading Isaiah Wynn at one point. Remember like that was a serious conversation. (laughs) They just, Bill Belichick always talks about depth at the, on the offensive line. It's something he harps. They, they traditionally keep, you know, most teams keep eight or nine offensive linemen. The Patriots 
will be 9, 10, maybe even at times 11. And they just didn't this year. They and, and, you know, it's one thing with the practice squad elevation rules, but they didn't really have anybody on the practice squad either. And I know they've had a pretty big run of injuries here, but he, again, Yanni could just end play in two years. Trent Brown's been pretty much in that lineup his whole career. Isaiah Wynn's been in that lineup his whole career. Marcus Cannon came in off the street. He's 35. What'd you think? Like, are, are we sitting here shocked that all these guys are banged up? Right. So I, it, it's going to go under the radar. Cause again, offensive line depth, isn't the sexy topic. It doesn't get right. clicks. It doesn't get views, but this is why I always want to talk about it because it all, if you don't have enough offensive line depth, it always, always, always comes back to bite you. You'd rather have it, not need it. than need it, not have it. And right now the Patriots need it and they don't have it. Well, that's, I mean, talking about Isaiah Wynn being traded and that being a serious topic and that being the one guy who you had mentioned, hey, maybe they should get rid of this guy just from a, right. a locker room morale, motivational standpoint. Right now, we're we're like clamoring for his, for Isaiah Wynn to get back from injury so that, they, that he can, you know, bolster up this offensive line. That's how bad it's gotten. And the, you know, a guy like Justin Huron, who he's better than Connor McDermott. He's better than putting James Ferentz at left tackle. So, like... Again, you, you talk about the idea of trading win, and he's he's a detriment to the line, and now all of a sudden it's like, please come back from your toe injury so that you can give Mac an extra point two seconds to maybe make something happen. It's 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 another it's another point that it mismanagement from the top down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's talk defense. Uh, Bills score twenty four. Um, I, I know that we talked about it. I was in Josh Allen's press conference after the game, and he had said that you know he didn't think that. The offense was great and that they still have improvements to make. But uh, Josh Allen was solid. Uh, they still really have no answers for him. Threw for two touchdowns, 200 yards plus. Um, and although the, I mean, yeah, Diggs went for like 90 plus, but that, you know, run it and gun it and track meet offense the Bills run, that wasn't really their, their uh, recipe last night. But they still were able to do whatever they wanted on the Patriots defense. I mean, everyone's... We can talk about Josh Uche and, and the good, but I, I find it kind of ridiculous is the best way to put it, to be cheering for this Patriots offense because they made the Bills punt three times. Like, they still scored 24 yeah. points on you. They still won the time of possession battle mightily. And, again, they just – they have no answers for this Bills offense. They're able to do whatever they want to the defense. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't go that far. I, I, I think the defense, given the circumstances, looked okay. Like, they settled down late in that game. They didn't play well early. You're not going to just regularly three and out this Bills offense. You're not going to do it. Like, we, right. we need to be realistic, right? So, the game plan, the to a certain extent, the, they ran what the book is on the Bills, which is hold on, don't give up the big play, hold on in between the 20s, and then when they get in the red zone, force Josh Allen to throw the ball because he hasn't thrown the ball well in the red zone this year. Sure. Well, he threw the ball well in the red zone last night. And right. you had, like, like to me, I think the overall big big picture of the Patriots' offense was fine. I'm not going to say they were great. They were fine. You know, that Patriots defense. defense. D- yeah, Patriots' defense. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, okay. no, that, that defensive effort should keep you in most games. Like that level of defensive play should keep you in most games. It was like individual moments that cost them, right? Quitting before the whistle on the play that Josh Allen runs the sideline, throw the ball, throws yep. the ball back in. Like that's not a game plan thing. That's not a talent thing. That's just a what the hell are you doing thing. 
you know, the touchdown where, where he has Stephon Diggs wide open, uh, one-on-one on John Jones. Stephon Diggs is just filthy. Like, what are you going to, right? They're going to get theirs at a certain point. Right. What I would say is what you saw last night was the Bills got theirs and not much more, basically. You know, again, the, there was the, the quitting on 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 the play where, where Allen ran through the boundary. There was a bad P.I. from Jack Jones. That that on a third nine that ultimately five plays later Bill scored a touchdown, and Kyle Duggar dropped an interception. Which remember me screaming about that earlier this week, right? If he throws one in the numbers, he got to catch it. It was the same right. freaking spot on the field that J.C. Jackson dropped his last year, just to twist the knife, right? But <laughs> you know, as crazy as it sounds, like those three plays. So you had. Uh, you know, quitting on a play leads to a touchdown. Call it four points because they were in field goal range. The PI, they weren't in field goal range, so call that seven. So now we're at 11 points, right? Picks, Duggar picks that ball off. It's a pick six. Those three plays are maybe an 18-point swing. So, again, not a perfect performance from the defense by any means. There's room to be better, and they made some mistakes, and they weren't great, but that especially from where you were last year, 47 points, seven drives, seven touchdowns, you know, they weren't great. They, they need to be better, but that kind of defensive effort should be enough to at least keep it a close game. Right. I guess Holding that yeah. offense to 24 points. I, I, I feel fine. But here's, here's the thing. But I mean, the third, like, I mean, I'm looking just now, like third down efficiency, you got nine of 15. Right. And then the, the drives where you did stop them, you actually didn't because of some of those boneheaded mistakes. So, so like that's more my like, like, like if if we're gonna knock them, it's the red zone. The, yeah, the, okay. the Bills have been bad in the red zone this year. They went three for three in that game. If 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 though if they turn right, let's say they even swing one of those, okay, into a field goal. Now it's twenty to ten late in the game. Nick and and we're what ifing here, but like Nick Folk hits that field like. It even if you turn one of those into a field goal, it kind of changes the tone of the game, especially that one. I mean, when Allen makes that play where 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 everybody just kind of gives up, Mac Wilson gives up, yeah. it just gives them so much energy, right? I it's it, it's moments. It's again, I think the defense. So we walked away from the game last year. Here's here's basically what I'm saying. We walked away from the game last year, essentially saying, "Wow, their defense is light years away from where we thought they were." Right. right. For and. That was probably short-sighted at the time. They were dealing with so many injuries and COVID and all of that. Um, we we might have been a little premature on that one. You don't walk away from that game thinking, "Oh, their defense, like they can't compete." No, they can compete. They they could be better. But to, again, I, I I will I'll, I'll say it again: holding that offense to twenty-four points is a competitive effort. It's not the best effort. They could do better. But it's a competitive effort, and a competitive effort against one of the best offense in the league is as much as you can ask for. Because if you also got a competitive effort from your offense, you're right there in that game. You keep it close, late, at home, short week. Like, who knows what's going to happen? So that defensive effort should be enough. They can be better, but they have to be better. If they they, do, they, they do. But if if the Patriots want to be like a playoff team, right? If if they want to be taken seriously, the playoff team as a playoff team. They need to be able to win games with that kind of defensive effort, and and that that falls on the offense. That's when it comes down to the offense, and right. So, about so top- that's more where I'm at. Like, I think you can nitpick the defense, but 
you can't talk about the offense. You can't talk about the defense. You, you can nitpick the defense, certainly. But I don't think you can put the defense in the same category you put the offense in last night. I don't think they're close. Well, no, that's not that's not where I, where I was going with it either. As far as I mean, you talk about the the root of the root cause of the loss last night. It's got to be the offense, but the defense also they have nothing to. It seems like they almost have nothing to play for because when they finally do get off the field, we talk about time of possession, and that does have to do with defense as much as it has to do with offense because you're in these third down situations and you can't get yourselves off the field to put the ball back in the offense's hands. You're also letting a rookie running back and James Cook sort of run all over you. It wasn't consistent. Like you talk about, they were they were plays. Like, they were singular instances, not so much. I mean, I'm looking at, I mean, James Cook ran for 64 yards on 14 carries, but, like, he had, like, a run of 28 yards. So it's it's chunk plays as much as it is, as it is consistency from that standpoint. But yeah, time of possession-wise, right, I mean, that's going to fall on the offense, too, because – once you do get it in their hands, you finally get a stop, which it was the, I it was their first stop. The the punt was the first Bills punt against the Patriots in 360 days. So yeah. like they did have their number. They played a little bit better last night, but I mean 24 points. Like I get it. it, it should be enough. But when the offense is this bad, it all comes back to the offense. So I'm not comparing it to the offense. I still just think the defense could be better because John Jones got dusted in this game. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. You talk about you talk about John Jones last year in uh, the playoff game. He wasn't there, so it's like you know, there's I don't want to call so, it excuse making, but there's things there. He got smoked last night, and I know it's Stefan Diggs, but I don't know. Yeah, no, he didn't have a good game. I, I just yeah. I just add a little context to this, right? So the Bills have now played 12 games. They've only scored fewer than 24 points three times. That was against Miami in Miami against Baltimore in Baltimore and against the Jets in New York. And the Jets obviously have one of the best defense in the league. They allowed 17 points. So that was all things considered one of the best defensive efforts against the bills this year, just to put in that con like 24 yeah. points sounds like a lot against in, in here's the thing, you know, you know, this, you know, this is serious because I'm sitting here talking up the bills. Right. It, it's just, it, it just all, uh, Taking it from, taking it away from the defense for a second, it just shows that this team is so far away from competing at the top of the AFC. Because I see, I I don't think it does. Because all right, who are some of the they other have teams? Nothing right, on okay. offense. They can't. But def- you hold them to twenty four. You hold them to the. You know, you're touting it as the greatest defensive effort against the Bills this season. It, well, and you right. score ten so points and you can't it's like there's nothing there so i get no so so here's it so i hear that when i hear the oh they're so far away right when i hear people say that maybe this is a semantics thing when i hear people say oh they're so far away i hear that as basically people saying rebuild like start over it's not it they're far away from competing in the afc let's see where some of the how some of the other afc contenders did against the bills tennessee allowed 41 points the chiefs allowed 24 same as you uh, the Jets we mentioned seventeen are very good, and those are really the only contender. I don't know. Are we calling the Browns a contender? No. They're still sort of in we're there. Closer, no, really. We're closer to the Browns than we are the Bills. All right, Browns allowed thirty-one. Um, yeah, they really haven't played. I mean, I guess we can go NFC contenders. The Vikings allowed thirty. Um, the Rams aren't really contender. They're a defending Super Bowl champion. They allowed thirty-one. So like, 
defensively, I think they do have enough to compete with Buffalo, like to compete, not necessarily be leaps and bounds better, but right. Again, if, if you get an average NFL average, not this offense average, yep. NFL average offensive performance, and you hold that team to 24 points, it's going to be a ball game. At that point, right. it comes down to late, right? That's more my point. Okay. And yes, there's room for the defense to be better, and you don't yeah. want the, the defense should be better than the, like the, 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 the level, right? The median, the mean, whatever the hell it's called should be better than how they played last night. But 24 points against the Bills on an off game. Yeah, I feel good about the defense. I do. It's it's not the defense. The defense is not why they can't compete in the AFC right now. Their defense is... Right. Uh, No, I agree with that. I was was going back to the, 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 the umbrella. The Patriots as a whole can't compete in the AFC. Not necessarily... But this is what's so frustrating. Normally, when you when when you say that about a team, it's like, all right, so the the pieces just aren't there, right? It's a you don't often see a team that is there on so there on one side of the ball and so not there on the other side of the ball. Like that's just not common, right? And, and that's, that's what what, what, what yeah. stands out. One thing I do want to mention defensively is that you know, last year we talked about it on the show, just the the decline of Matthew Judon last season. And now people start to look at his numbers again and think, oh no, it's happening again. But yeah, I just watched him last night, not not so much stats-wise, but scheme-wise. And his lack of production, especially last night, if you want to call it that, like he had one QB hit and he didn't have, yeah. you know, two straight games without sacks. But there, he's not pinning his ears back and rushing the quarterback in a ski, in a against an offense like this. He's just containing Josh Allen in the pocket. So like, if I'm giving the de- I'm giving him and the defense credit here. Like the fact that Matthew Judon's not getting after Josh Allen and taking him to the ground is not an indictment on Matthew Judon. That's an in- that's that's the scheme they're running, and he they contained Josh Allen relatively well last night. I would say. Yeah. I mean, and they allowed Josh Uche to get after him. If you want to give Uche some props, because I know you had mentioned. Yeah, that no, earlier. he he played very well last night. Yeah. He might have uh, been their best player last night, like all all around. Right. I just, uh, my, my point there was that, you know, I don't see a decline in Matthew Judon yet. I think he's just doing his job in the scheme. Yeah. I, I mean, we, I, we talked about this after the Minnesota game. They're dropping him into coverage. Like, right. I, I, it goes back to what we said about the offense. At the end of the day, you got to run what the coaches tell you to run. Right. Like, that's just how it works. So you can only do within that, you know, you're, you're not going to get sacks dropping in a shallow zone unless the quarterback really, really, really screws up. Right. It's not going to happen. So, yeah. um, but you know, you bring up the the you bring up that with Judon. I'll say it again. Ramondre Stevenson's the guy this year that they're just running into the ground. Yeah, it's Barth. It's a, it's a disaster, and I don't know where to go from here because now you have two winnable games coming up in Arizona and Vegas. They have a mini buy as well to maybe try and rally the troops again. But like I said, big picture. They don't have what it takes in this in this in this conference. I'm sorry. I mean, again, I get the defense played. They played okay, and they they held Josh Allen like he's like like we said. Josh Allen said it himself. They didn't play their best game of football. Right. But the fact that they didn't play their best game of football and they still scored 24 points, won the time of possession battle, scored touchdowns the way they did. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't. I don't like where we're at anywhere. I mean, the defense has been solid. The the offense is just it's a train wreck. 
I think we talked about it on the show as well. I felt that the Patriots before this game were a team that could could on any given Sunday beat anyone and on any given Sunday lose to anyone. Yeah. I now don't think that they can beat Buffalo. I don't think they can beat Kansas City. So, like, I just – I don't see it offensively. I know we're going back to the offense here because right. it's, that's, that's, the, that's the root cause. But they don't have it. They just don't have it this year. And I know you say rebuild. I don't think it's rebuild. I think it's – figure it out on offense. Yeah, I I it sounds simple I and I, you. I don't have much more. It's just it's 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 a problem. I don't know what the hell happened last week against Minnesota. Maybe, you know, they play a team from the NFC who they only play once every 4 years who really hasn't seen them. They get them on a short week and it all looks kind of new. Maybe that's it, but that game was the, you know, I I kind of said after that game, now we have to wait and see if this game's an anomaly or if they really flipped a switch or something. And no, no, that game was the anomaly. You go, you know, I just. A week ago, we were on here a week ago, right now, Friday morning last week, we were on here being like the offense turned a page. Mac Jones looks solid. They're throwing the ball downfield. Maybe they have a rhythm and a week later it's gone. And we just did the bills against contenders offensively. Let's do the Patriots seven against Miami. Uh, Yeah. Seven against Miami. 22 against the jets, but that, I believe with a defensive score uh, 10 against the jets and now 10 against the bills. Like, and you look at some of the other of these 14 against the bears, 17 against the Steelers who have kind of fallen flat. Like they have some big scoring games against, you know, that number is inflated. They put up 38 on Cleveland. Who's not good. Put up 29 on Detroit. Who's not good. 26 on the Colts who aren't like it's, I like to me, it's the again. I, I know I just got ripped in the chat for it, but I'll say it again. I think the defense, more or less, you know, they have some edges to round off, but the defense, more or less, is where a, a competitive defense should be, right? The offense yeah. is just so far away at this point, and it doesn't feel like a talent issue. That, that, that's what that's what really kills me is that I thought the offense was competitive last year. I thought it was right. And they only got better. You know, we went through the transactions earlier in the show, mm-hmm. but they're significantly worse. And that, I mean, it's just, it's, coaching. it's just brutal. It's, it's just coaching. brutal. Yeah. It's yeah. Coaching. It's coaching. It's, it's coaching. coaching. Yeah. And Doug, I liked what Doug Hyde tried to do last night and tried to get Bill to say it. Yeah. Shout out and to that's, Doug. It's awesome. And yeah, that's going around the Twitter machine right now. But like, just the fact that he's like, you bring in, but you, you have the same guys. The offense was good. What changed? And Bill just goes, yeah, I don't know. Cause he, he won't say it. And it's like, it's, it's, I don't know, man. It's, it really is. It, it could go down as one of his worst coaching decisions. The fact that they have nothing around Mac Jones right now. Um, uh, a tough show, a sad show. The Patriots got nothing going. Do you have anything else before we wrap this thing up? Um, Probably we'll do it on Tuesday. Yeah, we can do more on Tuesday. Come on, we'll... I didn't fall. I didn't get to bed till like five o'clock last night. Oh my god! Yeah, I was gonna say I was more like two. I was more like two a.m. But uh, no, it's tough. We're we're running on fumes here. But the yeah. Bills beat the Patriots last night, twenty four ten. Season oh. altering. What's up? What do you got? No, I was gonna no, finish up. Finish up, and then I'll. I was just gonna say see, season altering. Uh, 
could go as far as saying franchise altering loss to the Bills last night. Um, the reason I say that is because they, they just it shows there's nothing they don't have what it takes to compete and they need to change something from so, the top honestly, down. Like, but all right, the Bills are 14 points better than the Patriots. Yeah, like to me, a fra- like season altering is just you get beat bad, you know, late, you know, this season they have a, because it, it kind of kills have, their playoff chances, right? Exactly, right. They have, they don't, they're, they're far down the but playoff ladder now. I don't know. Did we learn anything last night or did that game just confirm what we already thought? Well, I, I think after the Vikings game, you thought, okay, maybe, maybe they can turn a corner. Max healthy. Okay. They're, they're pushing the ball downfield a little bit. Guys are, you know, they put up, what was it? 26 points last week. So yeah, I mean, they were able to put the ball in the end zone in the red zone and it was like, okay, maybe maybe there's something here. Let's now do it against the division rival. And I guess we learned that what we thought before last week was true. So I guess my point is more so like you use like franchise altering, right? I do think they had a franchise altering loss this year. That was the Bears game because that was like, that was unexpected. Like it, that, we don't need to relitigate that game in the right. quarterback situation. Not like, right. To me, this game was just everything wrong with the Bears game showed up again. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. I'll, we can call this season altering. I think that's fair. The Bears, the Bears' loss is still the one. Like they, they're fourteen points worse than the Bills. They they were always fourteen points worse than the Bills. Like I, I said at the top of the show, this this game was decided back in April, right? Right. It's when 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 we go through and, and they make the changes that hopefully they're going to make this off season. We're not going to point back at this game as the moment everything went wrong. It hurts, and it didn't go great in this game, but. The Bears games where it all went wrong. Yeah. This is just kind of it continuing to go in that in the direction it was already going, right? So Right. And it makes more sense that it happens against the Bills and the Bears. So Right. I, is I, it I, like like I are are the Patriots are the Bills a better team than the Patriots? and like how that was how many points was that game? That was a big uh like a nineteen point game. Are the Bears nineteen so was, right. So the, the Bears beat the Patriots by nineteen points. The Bills beat the Patriots by fourteen points. Are the Bears five points better than the Bills? Maybe. I don't think. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. And this like, is, look, this is how weird the NFL is this year. Obviously, this is all sort of tongue-in-cheek, but, like, I, I, I can't say I was – last night pretty much played out exactly how I thought it was going to play out. Yeah. Well, that's and, why I think it's franchise-altering, right. because something has to change. But we – but – so I, I we're doing semantics again, of course. Which is how, which is when this show is at its best. Going back right. when I was here, um, if you needed last night's game to tell you things needed to change, that that's a, like you didn't, you don't, you didn't go into that. Right. You got like the Bears yes. game is when I, I I'm probably more patient than most. I didn't love the Matt Patricia idea, and I was certainly skeptical to start the season. The Bears game was my like point of no return. All right, this experiment's over. It's done. It's time to move on. But there I'm not was still I was a chance fine with it before that. But there's still a chance that you're in playoff contention last night, though. So it's like, okay, okay, if this can keep moving forward, now you're seven and five last night. The offense looks better again. Maybe they're hitting their stride. Last night reconfirmed that. Okay, playoffs are over. Pretty much, you're six and six, and you're you're fighting in a, a strong AFC East. Yeah, and the offense can't score points against anyone. So. That's my take on franchise altering, but again, right. get, hey, we're, we're doing semantics, getting into semantics yeah. there. Um, we'll do that a lot here on the show, but uh, me and Alex will be back on Tuesday. Uh, we'll do a full Q and a show. We'll break this thing down a little bit further, but uh, 
bring them, bring your questions in the chat uh, next Tuesday, and then the following Thursday we'll break down or we'll preview rather uh, Patriots versus Cardinals because the Pats, like we said, have a mini buy sort of coming up. They play next Monday night uh, in yeah. Arizona, um, so hopefully they can you know get their stuff back together. I don't see it happening. Um, it's a train wreck, quite frankly, but uh, it is what it is, I guess. Follow Alex on Twitter at Real Alex Barth. Follow myself on Twitter Great. at Mike Cadlick. You're doing a good wrap up, and I know you're you're trying to get better at the wrap up, so I don't want to cut in. But go for it. We do need a game pick for tonight. Oh, USA Axwell Championship. I, I thought you were picking USA. USA. You got what's the what's the number? It's it's USC is a three point favorite against Utah. You know what? I, I think USC is going to win. Yeah, by one. I think I'm going to take Utah to cover. Like, let me look at it now. It might, I love it might be this. Like four. I love this matchup for Utah because USC minus two and a half. Sorry to cut you. USC okay. minus two and a half. I still think I'm going to take Utah. Like they just have you right. They, they're the one team that beat USC and USC is probably more talented, mm-hmm. but Utah is the exact kind of team that gives them fits. They're physical. They run the football. They're fundamentally sound. They're good tacklers. They can capitalize on, on, you know, miss it. Like, Especially like defensively, USC is like super aggressive and they're not very consistent, right? Right. Cam Rising's an experienced quarterback. You can't give him too many chances. So I still think USC wins. I think Caleb Williams has another like great moment late in the game and it it, it wins it. Like Heisman I don't more, think yeah. they have enough to overcome Caleb Williams, but I think we get a game. I think this ends up being the best, best game of all conference championships. Well, this is I, I this really is a- do. This is a playoff game for USC too. This is a this oh, is a, yeah. a this yeah. is a quarterfinal game for them because they win, they get to the semis, they lose, and they're done. So they need they need to do everything they can. I think Lincoln Riley is going to get them up for that. Um, he's an outstanding coach. He's now going to have his third third Heisman winner, Baker, Kyler, yeah. and now Caleb Williams. How so. those first two go in the NFL? But no, I know. No, but, I I think he's different. I think he's different. yeah. I do. I. I, I would I would take Caleb Williams over Mac Jones right now, maybe. I don't know. But let's not do that. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think USC, the line's minus two and a half. And, again, they they lost by one to Utah earlier in the season. It was on a Cam Rising two-point conversion for the win. Um, I think I like USC by the number. They just they have something going right now. I think they win by three or more. So that's our right. pick. We'll see how that's we do with pick. picks. Here. All right, we'll see. Alex says Utah plus two and a half. I have Utah plus two and a half, but USC to win. Yeah, okay. So a tight one. Yes. Between a one or two point win. So yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens there. That's it for us, guys. Again, thanks for tuning in. Check out Alex's stuff on 98.5 The Sports Hub. You can check out my stuff on CLNS Media. Again, Patriots lose to the Bills 24 10. In my opinion, a franchise altering loss. Um, but we'll see what happens down the stretch. But until next time. 